kind of music you like. Shut the fuck up, you stupid bastard, or I'll shut you up myself. Ask me if I give a shit. That is one big pile of shit. What a twist. another episode of the Silver Motion Podcast. And uh, my name is Will. My name is Stephen. And uh, together, we are the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, today, on on the the docket, a, yeah. an old movie, 1940s. Yeah, one of, one of the older ones I've seen. <clears throat> yeah, 1940 uh, is the year, and it's called The Thief of Baghdad. And this is a very influential movie in terms of the industry and in terms of uh, me. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it as a kid, and it was one of my favorites. Yeah. Yeah, it's a definitely a fun little fairy tale adventure kind of a story. And It is. It is. Uh, so, yeah, there you go. That's the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you've enjoyed. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I don't know where to go from here. Um, it was directed by many people. Mm. They did not work together. <laughs> <laughs> they did not work together. Uh, it's a surprising that it turned out as well as it did because the it was um, started like on the credits. There's listed three guys. Mm. And the first guy was hired by the producer. And they didn't see eye to eye because the producer, Alexander Korda, is very hands-on. Like, mm. he's got a vision. And this is what this movie is going to be. This is what I want it to be. And uh, the first director, Ludwig Berger, did not <laughs> agree with that vision. He was trying to have his own vision. Mm -hmm. So he got fired. <laughs> Then Corda uh, brought in Michael Powell, who is a very famous English filmmaker. Um, he made a bunch of movies with another guy called uh, Emmerich Pressburger, and together they made a bunch of movies that are very well uh, critically acclaimed. But uh, anyway, so he directed the bulk of this movie. Mm. Uh, but then World War II uh, broke out, and... He went off to shoot uh, wartime documentary films slash English propaganda, whatever, you know, right. those kind of movies, war movies um, to stir up morale or whatever. And uh, then the production moved to Hollywood because they were shooting it all in London at the time. Mm. Then they moved <clears throat> to Hollywood and the third guy, Tim Whelan, was brought in to finish the movie and then... Along with him, there was a couple of uncredited people who directed scenes as well. Love so, uh, <laughs> lot, lots of people had their hands on this movie, but yeah. uh, Alexander Korda, the producer who had the vision, 
kind of like George Lucas was the the right not directing the last the Empire and Return of the Jedi, but but he was the the producer with the vision, right? <laughs> sort of like that. Alexander Corda brought it all together, and then we have uh, the the movie Thief of Baghdad. Hmm. Wow. Quite a tumultuous journey for the film itself. Yes. I had no idea of that when I was a kid. Yeah, that would probably uh, be pretty weird if you did as a kid. You know, it really would be. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Just some fucking <laughs> savant. Just uh, spouting all this weird knowledge. Like, why does this kid... He's seven. Why does he know all this? What the fuck? <laughs> Although kids can uh, assimilate a lot of information on something they're obsessed with. So. You know, they can. They can. And I, I was obsessed. But it was not the information age. It was not the internet yeah, days. Yeah. So if I, I don't know how I would get all that. I guess I'd have to read some books. But right. I don't know. I wasn't, wasn't reading film books back then. Yeah. <laughs> so this movie is based on... Uh, what is it? Arabian Nights, the famous Yeah, yeah. It uh famous stories. Series of stories. There's yeah, there's a bunch of weird random things in there that struck me as familiar from other little Yeah. Arabic tales kind of stories you'd see. Yeah, I don't know that this is based <clears throat> specifically on like one story or right. anything like I think that. It's kind of as far as I can tell, it's kind of something that's just using that as a springboard to yeah. taking some concepts and names and ideas and just kind of rolling with it. Yeah, that's what it seemed like. It's also technically, it's also technically a remake. There was a silent movie uh, Thief of Baghdad from mm. 1924 starring the, the wonderful swashbuckler uh, D- Douglas Fairbanks. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> Who is like the original sort of adventure fucking action hero kind of a weird you know like he played thief of baghdad he was robin hood he was zorro you know he was in all these sort of yeah movies like that and uh thief his thief of baghdad is the same basic eh, basic story mm-hmm. um so it's kind of based on that and then whatever else they brought in because uh, that movie is not as fantasy based right not quite as fantasy based but they still have like magic carpet and shit like that right how can you have a arabic tale without a magic carpet yeah i gotta gotta get that magic carpet in there somehow yeah it uh yeah it seemed like a kind of a weird uh like the disney's aladdin movie the yeah took clearly a very similar ideas and played with them yeah the, the this movie was a big influence on Disney's Aladdin. the The Jafar character is basically yeah, yeah. It has the same name. I believe. has the same name, and he's drawn to look like the actor Conrad Veidt that plays Jafar. Yeah, if I remember right, I think like the monkey sidekick was named Apu or something. He as well. is. He's yeah. They they changed they changed the the thief character played by Sabu. The wonderful Sabu, and <laughs> uh, th- yeah, he's the monkey in the Aladdin thing. Um, the Aladdin tale is a little bit different, right? And so there's a little bit different in the basis there, but but yeah, but, I kind of uh, 
I, watching this movie I was kind of like, oh, I wonder if this is gonna like if this ending is gonna wind wind up being very similar to that, and it kind of not so much, but yeah, I don't really remember. I've only seen Aladdin once. I yeah, saw I Aladdin I, once when I was in seventh grade. I think that's probably about how I experienced it too. <laughs> I saw it like once when it was kind of newish, and then yeah. never really watched it after again. But yeah, I was the ki- like when Aladdin came out. I, as a kid, I don't know, I was like 10, 11, I thought, why why would I ever watch this movie? I have Thief of Baghdad. <laughs> and so, clearly, I was already myself. I right. was already saying no to the brand new thing and watching a movie that was, at the time, 50 years old. You know? Yeah. So it's very much my <clears throat> brand. Yeah, yeah, that's... The- <laughs> So that's, that's a great little story. Yeah, I, I never really thought about it, but when I was watching this movie, I thought, hey, that's like, like that's exactly what I always, <laughs> that's who I am now. I was then, you know, I was 10 and it was still the same. Right. But uh, in seventh grade, they showed it to the class. And so I, I remember being very like, oh, I guess I'm going to watch this. <laughs> <laughs> and I watched it and I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. Not fun enough to watch again, but... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. But uh, they, there's also a character, the Sultan in that movie, where, where it's basically the, the, the dad with all the toys. Right, yeah. Um, I don't remember if he has toys or not, but the the drawing looks like the character in this movie um, with the big fucking... Yeah, that weird beard The thing beard, on, yeah. sideburn, mustache thing, and the... Yeah, yeah that that guy, not speci- like not specifically him as the character, but like the collection of weird mechanical toys and things uh, yeah. reminded me of that uh weird little issue of sandman that's yes there, where it's it has a little part where it mentions all sorts of weird mechanical toys yes and, yes I, when i read that i i was very much reminded of this and uh that part of of thief of baghdad yeah and somewhere at the beginning of thief of baghdad they kind of uh it maybe i was hearing it wrong but i kind of saw, thought i heard them mention Harun al-Rashid, yep, perhaps. who is the main character of that issue of Sandman. Oh, okay. So there were all these little like names like Jafar and Apu. Yeah, yeah. Just, that I was just like, oh, wow, that, I've seen that in some other thing referencing yeah. Arabic stuff. And it's not a wide knowledge base that I have on Arabic uh, yeah. folklore. But yeah, n- me either. It's kind of uh, just, it seems like, oh, man, that, there's a bunch of stuff in here that uh, has been either used elsewhere or either copied from this or take this took it from the same source other people yeah like it just seems to fit into a general uh concept of the arabic folklore as we see it anyway yeah i yeah i mean this is a, a big movie um so i would imagine that a lot of it is stemming from this movie but right uh, I don't not knowing so much about the source. I don't know, right? Because I, I have a feeling there's, it's a lot of it is general folklore stuff. Well, yeah, I mean, definitely some of it is, but yeah, I don't know. But I I found it interesting when I was looking up Aladdin just to see, just right now when I was watching this movie, I noticed oh they, they changed, the the city is not Baghdad, it's oh. it's Agrabah. It's some made-up city, mm-hmm. and and uh, I thought that was interesting because when I was watching this, I was thinking like, "Oh man, this is a, such a fucking great movie. They should like 
I could see this being remade and it would be like a big budget thing. And <laughs> not that I want to see that, but like, right. I could see people getting down for that. And, uh, of course they're already making a live action Aladdin. So like, I didn't think of that at the time, but anyway, this movie, they talk about Baghdad a lot. They talk about Allah a lot. <laughs> and so it was yeah. just like, Oh man, they would never, <laughs> they would never make that movie where they're just like, right. Where it's just Muslims just being people. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> that is not the, the, the state of the the industry at this point, right? Or the, the <clears throat> America, and uh, I found it interesting that that uh, Aladdin being made around that same time of the uh, the first Gulf War, when uh, we were fighting Iraq when they invaded Kuwait, mm. they changed the name. They say, "Hey, it's not Baghdad; oh, <laughs> it's <yeah>. Agrabah." <laughs> Go watch our movie. <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh... Interesting one. It might be why they uh, did that. I wouldn't be surprised because uh, the key to making money in movies is to not offend anybody or to right. <laughs> not get them to think about real things. It's not about making it good, just making it inoffensive. Right, especially the Disney brand, which oh, yeah. is now becoming the the overall brand of yeah, it's got major Hollywood filmmaking. All the Marvel movies, all the Star Wars now is like it's just eating up everything right right you know it's it's the, the disney machine so you said that uh it's one of the oldest movies you've seen yeah i've seen probably a couple older ones but not too much so in terms of old movies old movies have a a different style and yeah, um, a, people can find them boring or, or yeah, not. Yeah, there's a, there's a different pacing involved. The, for sure, yeah. Yeah. So were you? How did you feel I about think, that? I uh, think I was kind of thinking about that while watching it, and like once it got rolling, it was just fine. Just yeah, I was just totally into it. But I think for like the first little bit, it was a little, little slow. But then, like I, at the same time, I feel that way about so many movies that it's just yeah. Like, you you often say that it's like I think it's just a general thing for me. Things have to get rolling before I really yeah. get invested in it's, it. And it does seem like a thing that you say, like where, like the setup is kind of like okay, come on, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, and that yeah, it's just so I don't even know that it's it's not really this film so much as just, yeah film of all kinds in yeah, general just, just in general it takes a while for me to warm up to things i guess and even anime you yeah you're usually, talking about like the first episode is, is always kind of whatever and yeah I'm, I'm usually not feeling the first episode of most anime yeah that's funny it takes a few episodes for it to really get into the yeah. meat of it and then i'm like yeah that was <laughs> <laughs> now we're rolling <laughs> so i think that's just me with stories in general yeah what about when you if you read a book are you kind of like I don't know, I'm first few pages you're like oh Jesus does come on <laughs> <laughs> I know that has sort of happened um and there there was some book uh, as a kid I tried reading and I could never get past like the first four or five pages and, oh, man, and I'd bad. always just put it down like oh I can't keep reading and then like y like at some point in high school 
I picked it up again and it was just like, oh man, this book is awesome. What was I thinking back as a kid? <laughs> but so that's that kind of thing has happened. But like, I don't know, I haven't noticed it in quite that same way. Yeah. But I also, and maybe this is just because of this is just the way I process stories, but I, I've with books, I usually tend to give them a pretty long chance before I put them down and oh okay just like, like, i'll get like halfway through a book and just be like okay this is not getting any better <laughs> <laughs> so maybe you just expect expect a longer burn on a book whereas a yeah movie you think eh, like, come on let's get it going <laughs> yeah maybe maybe it's something <laughs> like that i don't know huh so i'm curious about what like what point do you think that it gets rolling like uh what point where you're like all right here we go <laughs> I think it was kind of once they got to the point where he's actually kind of talking like his they they have that first setup where they're finding the blind guy and they yeah. bring him in and it was some point in the middle of his story of how he became this way that it, right it's I can't I'm not sure where specifically it uh but somewhere in that first yeah, part there yeah okay yeah somewhere in that part I was just like oh, okay now now we're getting there that makes sense because that's like when when it all kind of gets going yeah it was the, uh, when when you start seeing all the connections of like oh yeah. like okay this guy is doing it and like oh isn't this guy jafar over there and yeah you see jafar and, and then you like, meet oh, the thief it, and... he's just sitting there watching this what's he doing <laughs> what's what's his plan <laughs> what's his game here <laughs> yeah all right and and you kind of at some point realize. I think he sa- he says uh, at the beginning that the dog is a poo and has been changed into the dog. I yes. think he says that before actually getting into the story. So it's kind of like this little teaser bit of it where it's like, oh, mm. yeah, yeah. He says it. I think when because the that the guy comes by and tries to give him a fake, co- or he doesn't try. He he mistakenly gives him a fake coin. Yeah, the dog and the dog barks. Out. Yeah, and I think. After he, because he scrambles it up, like, okay, find the coin now, dog. And then the dog finds it. And then I think at that point he tells the guy, like, yeah, this guy, this dog is no dog. He's a special or something. I think. I could be wrong, but. Yeah, I think the the guy made some kind of joke about it. I was like, that's not a dog. That's a reincarnated <laughs> money lender or <laughs> yeah, something. Yeah, or right, right, right. Tax collector or whatever, the, whatever he was <laughs> doing, which was a pretty good joke on it. Yeah. It worked pretty well. Uh, but, yeah, there, there was. I think when he's t- he's sitting there with the other girls around him and he's he says something about the dog being like transformed or being yeah maybe he does say it there yeah yeah you definitely know before it happened before right. like you I don't even know if you've met the thief at all at that point anyway yeah and at some point like strings started getting tied together a bit more and it was like yeah. oh, okay this is building up into something more like <laughs> maybe it was just when uh, magic started getting thrown about in there a bit more liberally yeah no i was watching it with you in mind this time because i was thinking about like okay this is uh this old movie is it gonna is it gonna excite in this you know <laughs> is it gonna win steven's heart <laughs> is there enough here you know <laughs> And so I just wondered, like, because I was watching and I was thinking, like, okay, I don't know. There's not, there's not really any fantasy here. <laughs> like, when does this, you know? And it, it seemed like a longer burn than I remembered. Right. To where, because I knew all the stuff was backloaded at the end, but I couldn't remember 
before I watched it about like how much magic shit was in the <laughs> the first part. Right. And, and so yeah, it it does a take a little lot, while. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's kind of if there's anything weird about the film, I'd say it's like the so Thief of Baghdad, you're gonna expect the thief guy to be the main character. Yes. And for the first like half of the movie at least, he's kind of the sidekick yes. and then at the end he kind of becomes the main character in a way kind of it, like it's it, he kind of takes a more prominent role yeah i mean he's definitely end. important to the whole thing but is he the main character i don't know yeah it's kind of weird so and that's where you come into the remake thing just like in modern movies where like they remade the karate kid with jackie chan and it's actually in china so it should be called the kung fu kid <laughs> but they don't call it that because it's right the karate kid everybody knows and so i wouldn't be surprised if um the thief of baghdad was a very popular movie in the silent era mm. and so to remake it you we've got to call it keep that title yeah and what's interesting is that the douglas fairbanks movie he plays the thief and there's no mm. prince ahmed character mm. at all he's the thief and he's the guy that is in love with the princess and so both of those characters are combined into one person it's just yeah. like it's just the thief and so the the title makes a lot more sense right right and so what they did there in this movie is they split them up into two and then um there you go yeah what i i don't know this but i my conspiracy brain makes me think that they split them up because the thief is the lowly character right and in the original movie he he in the end you know he's with the princess and he's ascended into a higher class he's no longer right. just a lowly thief and so I thought, well, you know, the Brits have this very um, mm. distinct class system, and they yeah. don't want to give hope to the lowly people <laughs> that they're going to ascend and become, you right, know, the right. prince. We can't do that. We got to make another character that's already a prince. So I don't know that that's the case, but that's it's what a I theory. that's what I thought this time around. Just thinking like, yeah, we can't we can't give hope to these yeah, <laughs> underclassmen. Yeah. Yeah, and there is kind of that weird thing at the end where the where, where Apu kind of finds like this weird magical kingdom that's like, yes, oh, yes. we've been waiting for you. You're going to be our new <laughs> right. king, and then he's like, <laughs> but he like runs off on the carpet and yeah, yeah. I don't, I can't explain that. I think it's cool. Yeah, yeah. I don't really know what it is, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. It, it was it was cool and just randomly weird and that's it's it's stuff like that that's just like yeah this this is operating on fairy tale logic. It's yeah. Just, there's weird magic shit everywhere right. and you're going to run into it <laughs> and it's going to do something completely weird and that's just how it's going to work and that's just how it works it's a fairy tale yeah yeah i don't mind it at all but i yeah. i i don't even i couldn't begin to explain it <laughs> right <laughs> but uh yeah, and then like even even at the end when he has uh the very end he's in his cl he's got the the new clothes on and yeah. and he's you know theoretically, you know, going to become a scholar and do all these yeah. things that that Ahmed is saying, but he he rejects it. He's like, "No. <laughs> I want to be me." 
right? I, I did think that 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 little bit there at the end was kind of funny, where he's just like, like, yeah. I was like, I, I'm gonna go on an adventure, and I'm like, you've just been on an adventure. What are you talking about? Like, what do you think this whole movie was? Yeah. Well, an adventure, because that whole adventure was sort of. Uh, in the service of Ahmed, and, and right, and right, he just sort of kind of fell into it. Yeah, and now, now, now he's got. Now it's my adventure. Right now, he's gonna go out and seek some shit of his own. You know, he's yeah, he's gonna like. This find was his just own... the the prelude. Yeah, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but it just kind of struck me as a little, little bit funny that that all of this stuff he's been through was not an adventure right. to him. It was just <laughs> well, that's part of the joke too. I think. Yeah. It gets you laughing at the end of the movie, like, ah, yay, Thief of Baghdad. And then you walk out and, you you know, you have a good smile on your face. Yeah. One thing about old movies is that they have um, different styles of music than, than normal movies. Mm. I know you're not big on music, but... Yeah, I hadn't really uh, paid attention to it here, but... You didn't... It didn't... Uh... <laughs> hold on let me catch myself i didn't really think about the music in this wow, movie really holy shit that's like so like i can't even process it because ever since i was a kid just the music just like blew me away and it was such a big part of why i liked this movie there was um there was like one part where it's very like just happy and upbeat jangly yeah. kind of market music or something it might have been when he was the, when he was running away from all the uh, storekeepers or something. I don't know. Yeah. There was some part I was like, oh, yeah, it's a nice, happy little <laughs> tune into it. And then, the, like, the rest of the movie, I wasn't even thinking about the music oh, wow. at all. wow. Well, I guess that's good in that you weren't taken out of the movie in any way by the music. No, you no, I wasn't. It, you know, it all seemed to work together. Yeah, it, it just, it was the movie. Part of the experience, yeah. yeah. Was, all right, all right. It was just a, yeah, it was there, I guess. I can't really, <laughs> it was there. Oh, man. Well, what I was going to say is that it's there's a difference between old movies and the way that movies were scored compared mm-hmm. to modern movies, like probably, I don't know when, fucking 70s to now, maybe. I don't know. That's just off the top of my head. But um, old movies have a more overbearing score and they're not always tonally the same as what you're seeing on screen. Mm-hmm. It happens a lot, and it bothers me a lot in old westerns because they'll be like, "Oh, this is some dirty, dusty shit in the old west," and then it'll be like this fucking <laughs> happy little symphonic song about like, and it and it's like, "Oh, we're just rolling along <laughs> with our fucking wagon wheels," <laughs> and and it's just like. <laughs> It doesn't make any sense. And so in those movies, it bothers me. And in this movie, they have similar sort of things like that, but it doesn't bother me. Mm. And I just wondered, like, if you uh, if you noticed that. Yeah, yeah. No, I, d- I didn't notice any real... Uh, well, that's good. ...dissonance in anything. It just... Uh, it all flowed. Yeah, I like it in this movie because um, this movie is very fun. I feel it's very fun. Yeah. So. And I feel like the music 
is reminding you that like no matter how dark any you know they're in the fucking dungeon they're get, the guy's like cut his fucking arms off and then cut <laughs> his legs off and then cut his head off <laughs> i mean that's you know that's some yeah. deep that's some dark shit for a kid to hear you know to take in but the music is always pretty fucking upbeat <laughs> and you know happy and fun and so you're always like yeah this is a fucking story it's a fairy tale we're having fun and i i like that yeah so yeah i never really got like because you know s- speaking of it starkly like the, the events and stuff you could definitely do in a in a very dark way and it's yeah. just it doesn't really do them in a dark it's just like no it's very yeah. fun and just yeah it's just it there's there's moments where it it sort of uh does play up the darkness and there is the there's a, a Jafar's theme sort of thing where mm-hmm. would they play that when he's make it a little more sinister maybe. yeah like when he does the the spell to bring up the storm when they're in the boat Mm-hmm. and he's just putting his fucking hands up and it's like shot from below and it, it that the music gets a little more uh, villainous at that point but even then it's kind of i don't know it's, yeah. kind of, it's just like a little fun thing yeah i mean even like the i'm thinking like that little clockwork woman with the six arms that yeah like yeah grabs the dude and, i fucking love that <laughs> yeah that thing was awesome yeah that scene, I'm just remembering that scene in a similar way of it just, it, it gets a little more sinister. Yeah, totally that, that going music on. does get, yeah. Uh-huh. <clears throat> and yeah, that the whole thing is just kind of bewitching and sort of right like scary because you kind of know like what's going to happen kind of yeah like even when you first see like there's something off about this this isn't like just some happy fun toy that he's been playing with this whole time like the horse was just kind of this happy fun thing yeah (laughs) yeah there's not really any any malicious thing with that horse at all i mean there is in that he's trying to 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 get the princess but but the actual horse itself is not yeah it was just it's fun little thing i i agree i love the horse where they just like run out with all its pieces and just assemble it right there on the spot awesome yeah (laughs) they wind it up and it just becomes a real horse so cool i love it well what else should we talk about um in addition to being a big hit and being a favorite of many, many filmmakers and people who created movies in the in the future and in the future in the future from this movie, so <laughs> right. in the in the past, future of now, from the past right, right. is now the past. Yeah. Um, this is also the first, not the first movie, but the the first major use of blue screen in a movie. Oh, yeah, because it's. I, I was kind of a little surprised. I was like, oh, I didn't think they did this kind of like... Yeah, they sure did. ...stuff back then, but... They had been doing matting, things with matting to like like um, combine images sort of before they had actual compositing mm-hmm. optical printers and stuff. They had... They would do mats where like you could block out part of the image. Right. And so then when you first filmed it, those images would be black, like those parts that you blocked out would be black, and then you rewind the film and then reverse that 
matte. So then the part that was black is now exposed. And then you mm. film like the matte painting or whatever the fuck you want to do. And then when you are done and you project it, now the two images are one. And so it's like that's in camera mats. And yeah. so that's like the basic shit. And they were doing that in the very early days of silent movies, mm. like 1900 and shit. Wow. <clears throat> and okay. so, yeah, I mean, special effects, it all, you know, goes all the way back to movies. It's it's a movie magic, you know. That's yeah, what, uh, what I love about the, the term movie it's magic. It's always been there. Yeah. And it's always <clears throat> been this sort of weird illusion thing about creating illusions and bringing things together and uh cg is still a version of that but it kind of um does away with the 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 idea that movie magic because it's not really just uh hands-on sort of things being put together like it always was before cg right that's just the the wonder of seeing something is kind of gone. Yeah. It's like, right. Cause now it's just like, yeah, you expect, you know, crazy visions and whatever the fuck else you see, you know? Right. And I saw some trailer for some fucking movie and it was just like one shot and it was this wide vista of all this stuff. And it was really highly detailed and it was like two seconds. And I was just like, man, somebody worked their ass off to create that. <laughs> For two seconds and maybe there's multiple yeah. shots of it in the movie or whatever but still it's mm-hmm. like even if there's 30 seconds in the entire movie it's like mm-hmm. all of that work went into that <coughs> and it's mm-hmm. uh it's a similar thing with matte painting you know you paint a big thing and it would be for like one fucking shot but yeah i don't know it just seems it seems like such a waste because the computer it has to take like way longer than painting yeah, you've got all those little tiny facets to yeah, work little in birds there. flying and yeah, a little <laughs> shadowing and all kinds of textures and shit. I don't know. Right, and how much of that is done? Is it, did they manage to do automated anymore? I don't know. Like just in a computer engine that calculates the angle of shadows and stuff. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure they're not like yeah, drawing shadows, but but still, you gotta. There's a lot of work that goes involved right. in that. Um, but yeah, there's there were in-camera mats, and then they they sort of developed that, and then in the sometime in the 30s, the idea of blue screening mm-hmm. uh, was developed, and then the first major use of it in a movie where they used it a lot, <clears throat> Thief of Baghdad. Yeah, and uh, I would say that uh, for the first yeah. <laughs> movie, they still do pretty. Fucking good good. job. Yeah. It was just a big unveiling. Yeah, it works for the... Yeah. There's, uh, like, all the... Yeah, the horse was definitely done that way. The horse, when it it flies out. A lot of stuff with the genie was... The genie is the big big one where he's, like... Especially the one where where he's coming out of the lamp onto the beach. Mm, And it's, like that's a, a shot of sabu on the fucking beach and then now there's a giant genie there that's like mm-hmm. that was the standout shot um that sort of everybody 
was impressed with in the day, according to things I've read. Yeah, I remember the like they've got that shot of the bottle just spewing smoke into the air. Yeah, I was looking at that. I'm like, oh, there's gonna be like a face or something appear in it, right? Oh, what's gonna? Oh, how are they gonna do that? This is like I'm like, wait, this is like from 1940. What are they gonna do? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you have the genie appear. I was like, oh, cool. The whole <laughs> like, fucking genie, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, and then they he he tricks him to go back into the the bottle, and so then they they do a similar reverse sort of thing where now the genie is small and Sabu is a big close up and you see him in right. the bottle which I've always thought was a cool shot. <laughs> yeah, all that stuff and then the uh later when they go to the the temple of the all-seeing eye, is that what it's called? Yeah, I think that's what it's something called. Something like that. Some some goddess or something with it. Yeah, they they built that it's like a miniature set so that when the the fucking genie's on it it looks smaller you know it's it's yeah and uh and then they blue screened sabu onto it <laughs> like when he's he's uh walking up to the the big statue and stuff yeah yeah and i found that interesting because um putting actors onto a miniature is like that's what they do in the star wars prequels (laughs) and so like they did it here in this movie and it's not the best because you can still see matte lines and you see like the blue uh, lines which i don't know if i don't know if the blue thing is just the matte line or if it's a bad transfer Mm. because this movie was shot in technicolor technicolor at the time was a three strip process meaning there were three strips of negative being shot at the same time Mm. one has a as a a dye that makes it collect yellow light and the other two go through this purple prism and it one film is collecting blue light and the other is collecting red light so then when you transfer that you have to scan all three negatives and then combine them and then it becomes vivid technicolor and so i noticed quite a few parts of this movie where i could see red shifts and blue Mm. shifts and i wondered if they had just incorrectly transferred it because i don't really remember that when i was a kid on the vhs but i mean not that i was like fucking right looking at that stuff but Mm. i don't know if it's just matte lines or if it's just yeah yeah that could be especially because each of those would have been filmed separately and then composited later right as they no they're all filmed at the same time it's the camera had it was a three yeah but i mean the uh the the actor superimposed on the the mat yeah those would be filmed those would be two separate shots that yeah yeah and so you might incorrectly transfer one of those shots or maybe i don't i don't know and i guess it depends on where the transfer is taking place is it taking place when they're compiling the film together or is it taking place as a transfer off the film into the dvd master or something well Mm -hmm. when 
because they shouldn't have to be recompositing shots if they're doing yeah. a, a transfer for a, a DVD. Yeah, because then you would expect it to just affect the entire uh, frame of the right the image. Because I don't know, but I would imagine that all of the effects were printed onto the finished negative but that doesn't i don't know i don't know enough about film developing to to in technicolor processing <laughs> to in say 1940 yeah. right but but optical effects should be on the negative that already printed on the negative that they're running from so whatever they're right. doing should all like the compositing should already be done when they scan that negative Right. Um, the only time that it wouldn't be already done is like in the case of Star Trek The Next Generation <laughs> where everything was shot on film, everything was shot on film, but everything was edited edited together on video mm. for TV because who gives a shit? It's just going on TV. But when they wanted to put it on Blu-ray they had to completely recomposite everything because everything had been done on video. And so you can't up res fucking video from 1989. It's going to look like shit. Right. So when they did the Blu-ray, they scanned all of the original elements and then recomposited stuff. And so I don't think that they would have to do something like that. Right. In I the wouldn't. days before video when everything would have been yeah printed back yeah. onto a negative so, i mean it's it's mostly just a matter of where where was that error done right in the process yeah anyway. way back in 1940 when the film was first being done or yeah i suppose that could have been done at that point too anyway you see some lines it's not a big deal you get the fact like oh okay whatever they're right he's a little guy it's a big place <laughs> <laughs> I just found it interesting because it's the same technique that they did in, in the prequels of Star Wars mm. prequels where they're just taking actors on a blue screen and putting them onto a physical model and then compositing it all together. Yeah. And uh, it's like the, the the bookends of an era because mm -hmm. they don't do anything like that yeah, now yeah. in movies. Yeah. Mm. Um. So anyway, so yeah, were you, did you uh, enjoy the special effects or? Um, yeah, they were kind of like it was. I mean, they're always pretty transparent in a way, like yeah, compared to a more modern film. But it, it's also just like, oh my god, it's nineteen forty, and they right. were like they could do all this in nineteen forty. Wow. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. Of, like, have you seen Wizard of Oz? Yeah, I think, I, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't, like, watch that one too closely or anything when I yeah. saw it, but it was it was kind of on, yeah. off the side. Oh, right? well, there's a lot of uh, effects in that, and that's 1939, so that's, yeah, that's yeah. right in there. I'm trying to think. Mostly what I remember being impressed by with that was that uh, tornado that shows up in the... The tornado, yeah, there's a little tornado with the model and stuff, the little model house. And, yeah, yeah, and that was like, oh, wow, that was pretty impressive. Other than that, I don't remember specifically any like specific effects that were standing out to me. But I was always impressed when I was a kid of when she 
she lands in the fucking munchkin land whatever it's called i don't remember munchkin town (laughs) (laughs) munchkinville i don't fucking remember anyway she lands there and everybody comes out oh the wicked witch is dead and then glenda the good witch comes in in that bubble oh yeah yeah, yeah. and i was always like blown away by that fucking bubble and just how it it just comes up and it becomes big it starts as a little tiny thing and it becomes big and then she just fucking like the bubble disappears and she's there and she's just walking around and i was always like holy shit (laughs) what the fuck yeah i guess yeah was that was that before thief of baghdad yeah 30s wasn't it 39 39 the year before Alright. Um Yeah, I think but also when I was watching that I wasn't like thinking about the special effects. It was it, just yeah. like like this one I was more just cognizant of what I was watching right, and trying right. to look for stuff and in Wizard of Oz it was just kinda like, Oh yeah, Wizard of Oz is on, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but the reason why that movie is so big is because it was like at that time yeah, I mean that was a fucking production. Like there wasn't a lot of movies like that. Like uh, everybody, like the, I don't know. I'm like this too, but the common thing with film uh, people is that oh they don't make them like they used to, and this is true. But they also made a lot of shitty movies <laughs> in the past, and those movies just. Are, just aren't remembered they're yeah. either gone or like normal people aren't watching them so the only movie from 1939 that they're watching is gone with the wind or wizard of oz probably right. and so then like those are the two fucking huge movies of that year and like they're amazing <laughs> you know and so if that's all you saw you right know, then you think like oh fuck the 30s were great <laughs> yeah but the, <laughs> <laughs> start plumbing the depths and they're pretty shitty yeah and um but with with the special effects of thief of baghdad because they're apparent and they're very transparent i remember thinking as a kid like i remember thinking about the special effects themselves like because i could see through them then and i still liked it and i didn't care yeah, yeah. and i remember thinking like like how fucking cool are special effects and that was like one of the first movies where i really became aware of like that there were people making special effects so like i knew that it was fake but it it was so magical and that's like the first movie that really did that for me and so you know like starting this lifelong sort of uh obsession with special effects and how they work and what they do and how they uh create illusion yeah so <laughs> i love them yeah it's a good narrative structure to it you know you're it's a part of the narrative it's how you're telling the story not, yeah not necessarily how uh realistic it looks it's uh it's about telling you what's happening not yeah yeah no they do a good job of that yeah in this it's uh it's the first of its kind in the terms of blue screen and stuff but i feel like they don't like it's i don't know that it's flashy but there's a lot of effects and they don't try to hide them or anything it's not like right. subtle <laughs> yeah <it's> like <laughs> but 
it's all it doesn't feel like oh god enough with these fucking special effects <laughs> you know it, it always feels like they have something to give to the movie right right experience yeah it's it's yeah it's just right we've we've got to tell this story about a genie that's the size of a building yeah we're gonna have some special effects for that you know yeah. it's it's Man, how'd you like that fucking when he fights a spider? Oh yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> that was fucking crazy. Uh, you know, it was kind of making me think of just in comparison of the last time I saw somebody fighting a giant puppet spider of in Ator the Fighting Eagle. I was thinking of that too. Yeah, <laughs> it was like, oh man, it's like <laughs> it's like the Ator spiders come back, but but doing more stuff. <laughs> right, right, doing more stuff forty years before Ator. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> It's actually like climbing down the web and yeah. Like, oh, hey. Yeah, not the most animated spider, but but uh, definitely doing more than that Ator spider <laughs> yeah. was. That Ator spider is like just peeking around a corner and yeah. sort of walking out, <laughs> yeah. and then it died. Yeah, the Ator was just like some guy just shoved the puppet right. forward from the back and just had the arms wiggling like there. Right, it's a spider. Like while he's eating a sandwich, he's just like not even caring. Like, all right, come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was thinking of that too. Uh, yeah, I love that weird like octopus pit down there. The yeah, two the that fucking was just octopus. Like, what the hell is that? Like, what? <laughs> right. It I don't know what the hell's going on, but it's awesome. Yeah, it's just, uh, and this I think this movie is good at that. Where where, like at every turn, there's something interesting. Right, right. There's you know, there's, it's always something new happening. Always yeah. something strange going on. That, and they pack in a lot too. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's just like so, like that octopus thing. It's just a little thing, you know. They show a couple times, but man, it's it's fucking cool. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. What else? I don't know. Oh, yeah. It's uh. Just. Fun little adventure. That it is. Hmm. Yeah, I guess uh, Prince of Persia. I guess that's another thing. It kind of Prince of Persia. Yeah, it's kind of in that vein. Yeah, I never played any of those really, like to the point that I know anything about them. Right. <clears throat> I'm just. <clears throat> um, there's the one on. PlayStation 2 is the one I played. Not the original. I don't think I ever played the original. Um, I played that one more than I played anything else, but yeah. I don't remember it. The one I played was actually like trying to put in kind of a story, and it was kind of a... Yeah, I remember when that... I think it's that one that came out, and people were like, oh, shit, Prince of Persia. It's fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and that was a pretty good game. Um, yeah. It kind of had a similar thing with, like, oh, there's this... Uh, evil vizier who betrays everybody oh, okay. and, and princess you're trying to well, there you go. rescue and stuff. So, yeah, another... Uh, Probably inspired by this movie, or, or at least in part. Yeah. Fact! 
fact. Silver emulsion <laughs> fact. <laughs> this remake of an old game was inspired more by this movie than the game it was based on. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember if there is a story in the original. There probably is, like, two lines where it's just yeah, like, think, you're the prince of Persia, save the princess, <laughs> level one. <laughs> you know, it's probably something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think it, like, in terms of narrative, it's probably equivalent to that, but... Yeah, I kind of want to say it's a little more subtle than that, but in that, not uh, verbal storytelling, oh, but in yeah, that you you're so? you're going around and and the game is having events occur, but not like oh, okay. any dialogue or anything. But I just remember jump like being in these weird rooms and trying to jump from one thing to the next and not making it and dying a lot. <laughs> and then that's like, okay, well. Yeah, from the clips I've seen of the original, that, that sounds pretty <laughs> spot on. But I remember thinking that it looked really cool, though. Like, he jumped, and it was, like, really well animated. So I yeah, remember, yeah. Like, I, I remember just... hearing something about that in that um, the guy who made that, yeah. Um, when he animated the sprites for it and stuff, he, he was rotoscoping it off of oh, his little okay. brother who was jumping around in the backyard and he filmed his brother just oh, jumping around okay. and playing in the backyard and he used that to well, there you go. basically rotoscope the animation for the game. Oh, that's cool. That's why it looks so good then. <clears throat> yeah. It was like, so that was a, a pretty big deal at the time of that being a, yeah. an interesting... Well, there you go. So th that's that might be the first video game to use motion <laughs> capture for. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. I can't. I mean, I don't know about NES using motion capture. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, like a whole two frames of animation. Right. right. <laughs> Let me get the mocap suit on for. <laughs> we got to make this eight-bit fucking double dragon guy look great. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Gotta get this kick just right. <laughs> oh man! So in in the PlayStation Two <coughs> one, was there was there like fantasy stuff where like you had oh, to yeah. get the all seeing eye or anything um, like that, or genies or anything like that? Oddly, I don't think there was a genie or a flying carpet, which is kind of weird. Oh, okay. But, um, but the one that I played at least was uh, you have some weird. It was like. The castle had some weird, I think it had like, it might have even been an actual literal hour, hourglass, I'm not sure, but it was like this, something like Jafar had, or whatever the Jafar guy was, I don't know that what his I name was. I was going to say, his name was fucking Jafar. I don't know, he's such a, just a standard, like, yeah. like, the evil vizier Jafar, why not? Yeah. <laughs> Whoever that guy was, <laughs> whatever his name was in Prince of Persia, the, uh, he had like busted open this like thing that controlled time it oh, was like okay. an hourglass and so the sand got spread out and turned oh, was every... it called sands of time yeah it was called sands of there time you go. and it was just like everybody in the castle got turned into some weird like sand monster oh like wow. some weird zombie sand mummy thing that was just running <laughs> <laughs> okay and like the prince was safe because he had like this magic dagger that was this heirloom of his kingdom that was oh, a symbol of okay. his office or something huh. so it like its magic power protected him and now he's got to you that's the only thing that can destroy the sand monsters well, of course, so he's got to <laughs> Which was, it was kind of an interesting mechanic to it because you could beat the crap out of the monsters with his sword, which 
would beat them around. It had a really long range, but you couldn't kill them with it. You had to hit them with this shorter range dagger. Yeah. So you had you so you were trying to basically hit them until they had an opening and then, and then go in with yeah. the knife. So it was kind of interesting shank combat, with the knife. yeah. <laughs> and the knife kind of like controlled time. So when you killed them, they were like the these sand monsters made out of the sands of time. So the dagger would absorb the sand. Okay. And then you could control time with it. So it was one of the earlier games with like a, a time slowing mechanism. Oh, okay. So you could put it into slow mo and fight enemies. And uh, okay. And if you died, it just rewound time so you didn't like have lives it just oh okay you'd fall off a cliff and then it would just rewind and you fall up the cliff and land at the top and like <laughs> and it would take so much sand to do it so uh, okay so you didn't do it yeah just so, infinitely right so you had to run out of sand yeah so you had to kind of keep track of how much sand you had going on and so it was kind of cool all the way it did. Yeah, that it, sounds cool that sounds cool somehow the princess survived i don't know she probably had her own magic heirloom of whateverness yeah <laughs> <laughs> well i've you said that everybody got turned into these sand monsters right? yeah and you're killing them and you're taking away the sand do they then become the person no they're, just, they're just they're, gone they're, they're gone they're dead so it's like this really dark oh, like man. your whole like this whole castle like everybody's just turned into a zombie now everybody's and dead and except you and the and the princess and the evil vizier guy who Oh man! Like they're the only three people who are still alive. And wow. So it's like, yeah, it's kind of this weird. I don't want to say survival horror, but it almost it almost kind of bleeds into that a bit. Where, yeah, it kind of does that. But huh. yeah, it's a. It's, it was definitely a good game. So I would say give it a try if you. Uh, yeah, I remember people saying it was good. I don't know if it's on computer. Yeah, I have no idea. That'd be the only way I could do it. Well, I don't know. I got that PlayStation thing now, so yeah, that I mean, streaming thing. Imagine there's a way to get a hold of it. Well, yeah, yeah. There are <laughs> there are always ways, but I don't have the the consoles, so I can't just buy it. But yeah. But that PlayStation streaming service that I have now, they have shit all the way back to like PS2. So yeah, so and that was a pretty big deal. So I wouldn't be surprised there, yeah. if that's a uh, one they've got available. Huh. Well, I have to look. Yeah. Not like I have time to play all these things, right? But, but you know, that's a that one was one I can kind of vouch for being pretty good. So. Yeah. Well, all right. I do like Thief of Baghdad. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it was kind of. This is, you, you've mentioned this before that you, with these movies, just wondering, like, oh, what are we gonna talk about? Yeah. And then this one was one where I was like, that. I'm like, oh man, this was fun, but what what am I gonna talk about? It's yeah. Like, and there's cool little effects and things, and I liked the genie and. Genie's great. I fucking love that guy. He's so good. <laughs> that voice of his is so good. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Absolutely love it. I love how they they built the the sets to look like like specifically. There's the temple thing that looks good, but I really love when they built the 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 cavern the where he like because they find Ahmed down there on the in the 
fucking oh, ravine that, that, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And and then when they have those shots of the genie climbing down the mountain to get in yeah, there, yeah. and they was... built like those big giant things that are like miniatures, but he and so he looks like a giant just climbing down these giant fucking canyon sides. Yeah, that was awesome. I fucking love that. I love that the all that genie shit when he's flying and mm-hmm. how they built like the the giant foot for oh yeah, yeah, for Sabu yeah. To, like there, there fucking, was a giant hand too, yeah wasn't a giant there? Yeah. hand and then when he's flying he's like hanging on to his hair with the giant head and ear <laughs> and stuff I, I just love all that shit yeah it's just so magical and it like really brings the whole story to life like it it doesn't i mean like it's obviously special effects it's obviously fake but right, right. it really just uh yeah especially that that scene where he is just climbing into the canyon feels yeah. very seamless and yeah it, it's it's so good yeah it, it just looks really nice and yeah and and, and and you know i just i love that little the just the overall just the arc of the genie in general where they're because the genie first pops up and he's like, oh, I'm just going to kill you. Like, this is going to be. And then he's like, just gets tricked into getting back in the bottle. And it's like, man, that was dumb. Like, what? You, why is this guy so dumb? And then at the end, you have Ahmed and Apu arguing. And he's like, oh, I wish I was a man. He's like, oh, I wish you were too. And then for the genie, he's, he's like, and it's like, oh man, why are you guys so dumb? And then the genie gives him this lecture, <laughs> and it's like, oh, that's that's exactly what they were doing was yeah. just for like both of the, the genie <laughs> way back at the beginning was doing like, just forgetting yourself in in the emotions and yeah, yeah. This is like when you stop listening to your mind and it's just your heart and it just takes over your emotions. Just yeah. take you know, that explanation of how your emotions just take over and you stop thinking and just say something. <laughs> yeah it's so good it was and like he, oh that's exactly it that's that's the that's why they're so dumb like this there is, you go yeah just that's exactly it yeah the genie's great that fucking laugh of his oh, yeah yeah love big it. booming yeah, echoing so good so good oh man hmm well well, <laughs> I don't know. It's uh, I love it. You seem to enjoy it quite a bit as well. Yeah, I was. Uh, I thought you would like it, but I, you know, I don't know. Nineteen forty. Yeah, it's, I don't know how you're gonna react. It can be a little iffy on that, but I've, I've seen a few movies from the general era. So. Yeah, I want. Like, that's the one thing... We, we covered a lot of things on the podcast. Mm-hmm. One of the things that we we have really not covered is the classic movie. and I Yeah, we haven't really gone back to this era much. I have such a love for the classic movies, and, and I, I don't review them too much. I mean, I did a few years ago, but I don't have time to do anything else than what I'm doing now. But it's uh, a big part of... of of my love of film, so I feel like it should be yeah. a part of the the podcast as well. Yeah, we should get to it every once in a while. Yeah, yeah. I know. So yeah, I've seen a few other weird things like uh, arsenic and old lace. You know, I haven't seen that. Yeah, I I liked it. So uh, yeah, you know, it's it's a it's a it's a classic. But yeah, it's it's 
when I first started watching that, I was just like, oh, it's going to be this really old movie. I don't know. what What's it? Yeah. Is it really going to, like, hold up? And Were you old or, or a kid? I, I was older by then. I oh, was okay. Like, you know, definitely adult. Not It wasn't that long ago that I yeah, watched okay. it. Yeah, okay. But maybe a decade ago. But, uh, probably not even that, really, but. Yeah, and it it totally blew me up. Like, this is an awesome movie. I was worried for nothing. This is totally works. And that gives me hope. (laughs) There's yeah, there's a lot of good old movies that are out there. But that one, of course, like you say, is like one of the higher end ones. I'm sure. Right. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Not necessarily indicative of the era as a whole and quality or anything. But no. But there are. A lot of like fucking amazing movies from all right. of, from all eras, and right, and you, you know, talent is not limited to a time period, it's right? So yeah, I mean, the stuff that survived from the '40s to now and is still loved and talked about, those movies are generally pretty fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, I haven't seen that movie because I have this thing about movies that have titles that are not like they don't grab me. Arsenic right. and Old Lace, like, uh, no thanks. <laughs> you know, I don't know. It's just ha- I have an aversion to it. And I'll see the movie and I'll be like, wow, why the fuck didn't I watch that? It was a great movie. Right. But uh, there's yeah, there's a few. Movies movies like that where just the title just doesn't do anything for me i can't think of anything offhand but there there's been a few i was doing a thing where i would the blind spot series with this other blogger had started and i was trying to watch all these old movies that Mm. that i had missed and i i can't remember i did something that the, the title was one of those title movies that like, oh, I'm always avoiding this movie. I should watch it, and then I watched it. I can't remember what it was, but mm-hmm. I loved it. So yeah, so there you go. So yeah, I I I, I do want to watch some more old movies. I do like the old movies. Yeah, and uh, yeah, there's there's some good stuff. Yeah. So. Hmm. You know, I was surprised at how good the. Uh, picture quality was oh yeah because uh, and i was you know it's just kind of you think oh old movie it's gonna be all grainy and nah. like you see on and and it's probably just because of growing up in like the 80s and 90s yeah. you see old movies on a tv and right, some yeah. shitty broadcast channel that's no, not, old movies can look fucking great yeah, yeah it's just yeah it's just and you think oh it's old they probably didn't have super good technology back then and like well, that's 35 millimeter film yeah, baby like it fucking looks great yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh technicolor specifically looks great this movie yeah the, yeah, transfer... the color on it too especially because when i saw it was in color i was like oh now it's really worrisome that old color <laughs> oh, really and then know. i was like oh this is re- actually looking really good dang <laughs> technicolor is like the most brilliant color in movies like forever like it's fucking amazing um, because of that three strip process, it b- gives these really bold, rich colors. And, uh, mm-hmm. I want, I, I keep hoping that they put this on a Blu-ray cause I'm really, I don't know. I love this movie a lot. And yeah, yeah. I was and, thinking uh, about like, Oh, this is just a DVD. I'm like, Oh man, how, how good would this look thrown up to yeah. a full, uh, HD right. Blu-ray quality? Like what, what would, uh, 
I keep I'll hoping. Give it a look. Criterion put out a, another DVD because I got this right when it came out on DVD. I was pumped. Oh, oh shit! They, it came out, <laughs> and then because that that DVD is old, like probably fifteen years old at this point. The one that I yeah. have, and then somewhere in the probably five years ago, ten years ago, I don't know, somewhere in there, Criterion put out their own DVD with a different new scan, and then I keep hoping for them to like because they will regularly upgrade their things to Blu-ray and do another mm-hmm. new scan. So I keep hoping that they they do yeah. that, but. Yeah, because I was thinking, what was the... Oh, there was one other one we watched. I think it was that... Momotaro? No, it was a um, live-action one. It was in black and white with... Uh, live-action, black and white. it was oh, the Beast of... Beast of, two, of the 20,000 Fathoms? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and yeah that looked fucking great. Yeah, that looked amazingly good because we, we had that on Blu-ray and it yeah. was just like, oh my God, this looks really... And I was, so I'm just trying to imagine like Thief of Baghdad like that. Yeah, it, was just it would like, look oh, great. Man. Because uh, just thinking in color is just like, oh, old color is kind of iffy sometimes. You <laughs> Dude, you should watch the fucking, the movie, um, one of the movies that, that uh, Michael Powell and Pressburger yeah. did, The Red Shoes. I don't know that you would like the movie, um, but. but that movie is probably some of the best color ever in a movie ever. And that's like wow. 1945. Yeah, that's just my... Uh... My lack of experience yeah. with these old movies. I no, just keep man. thinking, you know, only seeing things like, like you see the old uh, TV shows in like yeah. 70s or something. The colors like well, shit those or are, something. Those are shitty because like those old 70s and even some of the 80s stuff are all shot on videotape. Like old ass videotapes, so they look like shit. Yeah, I mean, and and I think that's really what it is in your head. It's like you yeah. think, oh man, those old eighties things and seventies things, they looked like shit. What's a forties thing gonna look? Like? It's right, gonna right. be even worse, right? And it's just like, oh <laughs> no, no. Man. No. So. no, that's the great thing about film is that if it's preserved and and transferred correctly, it looks fucking amazing. Yeah, so. to this day, like I mean, I have. Uh, a Blu-ray set of all of Buster Keaton's short movies, and those are all like the teens into the tw- early, early to mid twenties. Mm-hmm. They're fucking amazing. Yeah, I mean those are like a hundred years old, you know, wow. almost. Yeah, so film—that's the great quality of film. It's yeah. just a fucking amazing resource, a analog resource. It's—I love it. It's, uh, it, yeah, old movies can look absolutely incredible. Yeah. A lot of times, a lot of, for me personally, m- better than new movies because new movies, I don't know, like, without, there's such a, a romantic quality to the way film looks for me, like, with the grain and the way it captures light mm-hmm. that... Mm-hmm especially digital cameras don't get and so like new movies just they just look different right and so it just i don't know it just it's not as good (laughs) (laughs) deep thoughts it's just not as good (laughs) (laughs) fucking yeah wonderful insights there yeah i mean this is uh I mean, this was just DVD, and it looked amazing. Right. So. Yeah. So, and so, like, in terms of of um, a, a normal kid, most kids were watching whatever the fuck, 
from the 80s and then yeah like to go back to old things is kind of like a big deal but i grew up watching the thief of baghdad and old shit constantly mm-hmm. and so and i watch a lot of you know i watch arnold movies too right so i always had this weird balance of of old and new like <laughs> classics and trash <laughs> not that arnold's <laughs> trash but like, like it's a totally different thing than, right, right than these fucking great classic movies way to do it i guess yeah and so it's just like my i i was always very open to like all eras the, of things yeah the whole spectrum of yeah it's uh i am very grateful for that jackie chan opened me up to the the silent era, though, with Buster Keaton, because he loved Buster Keaton so much. Oh, so you wanted to? Oh, Jackie loved it. It's yeah, gotta be good, right? That, that was the connection. Yeah, because my friend Jasper was—he uh, was the first one to take the jump to Buster Keaton, and and then he showed me, and then I was like, "Holy shit, Buster Keaton's amazing!" And then that started the whole fucking thing where i was just watching nothing but old movies i like i literally watched nothing but silent movies for like two or three years oh, wow <laughs> and and just i was fucking all about it and then i just was soaking up all of those classic movies and they're great so yeah it's a big part of me so i i would like to do some more yeah uh yeah some more of those harryhausen movies too mm, yeah um, but yeah, anyway, Thief of Baghdad, anything else? Mm. I don't know, just, uh, Jafar's eyes would be very creepy. Like they, uh, He's got some good eyes. That's some good use of the color in him was his, yeah. his, his like the way, like they do those close-ups of his eyes. Like, oh damn, this guy's... <laughs> Yeah. Like, I don't even know that they did any kind of, like, effect or anything, but they looked like they were, like, glowing magically, kind of. <laughs> it just, he just had this look about him. Like, he's a good actor. Yeah. Uh, and he, he's, he was a silent film star, so um, he knows how to use his face. Yeah. <laughs> and get those eyes going. He's uh, very famously, there's a, a, he plays this weird, weirdo fucking dude in the movie Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, the mm. silent film, uh, horror movie. And he's like the killer guy. And he always has like these weird fucking eyes and he's <laughs> all weird looking. And these, those are the only two movies that I really know him from, mm. yeah, but uh, he's in a lot of stuff. So hey. Conrad Veidt, he's a good guy. So yeah, if, uh, if you like, Good movies. Watch Thief of Baghdad. Yeah, it, it is validated good movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like it, but uh, Stephen liked it too. So yeah. I feel like, uh, you know, you're a, 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 I don't know what to call it, like a, you might not like everything, um, you know? Yeah, so. I'm not as immersed into older film as you, so. Yeah, so it's like. It's uh, coming from a. Maybe not modern perspective, but a no, more but recent a, perspective. Yeah, a more a, a different perspective. Perspective of someone who didn't grow up with it being yeah. exposed to it. And right, and you enjoyed it as well. So I think that says something to yeah. the quality of the it has filmmaking. Some staying power. Yeah. And this movie, uh, 78 years old this yeah. year. Almost 80 years old. Still, you Still know. Still a good movie. The, you know, the joke about the dog being a 
reincarnated tax collector made still you laugh. Worked. Fucking almost yeah. eighty years old. That joke is <laughs> <laughs> still working. <laughs> you know, something's quality. It it's, it, it lasts. holds up. Yeah. yeah. And you know what else is quality? The good old word adios. <laughs> <laughs> See ya. <laughs>